take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter number 15. The Gospel according to Luke in chapter number 15. We're going to look at a familiar story here, but we're going to see some things from it tonight. I hope it will be a help to you. It's already been a help, great help to me, and I'm I'm looking forward to going through it again. Let's pray, and then we'll... get to the message this evening. Father, we certainly do love you. We thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to be here tonight. Lord, we pray for the many that are unable to be here tonight. You know uh, that there are some that are at work, some that are traveling, some that are uh, sick and dealing with other things. And Lord, I pray uh, that you just speak to our hearts tonight, work in hearts and lives as only you can. Bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And before I forget, before I get into the message tonight, I, I want to tell you a story, a little little funny happening that uh, happened on Monday as we were at the hospital while I was sitting out in the waiting room. And, and uh, of course, when they finally wheeled my wife back into surgery. So, so I had been sitting there with my wife, and, and of course, the surgery was delayed. They had a prior emergency, and they were waiting on a free uh, operating room and, and all of those things. And, and so we sat there and, and talked and, and different things like that. And they finally came in and they, uh, the anesthesiologist came in and said, okay, it's time. And uh, so I, uh, I had already prayed with my wife ahead of time. And, and so uh, I, I kissed her. I told her I loved her. I, and they told me, get out. And I said, okay. <laughs> And so they said, we're going to the operating room. You're going back out to the waiting room. I said, okay. So I went out there, and as I'm walking around to find a place to sit and, uh, and of course, buy the coffee machine, uh, hospital coffee's terrible. Just, just thought I'd throw that in. But as I am walking toward the coffee machine, I hear my name, you know, and I hear, and this is what I hear. There's some people talking. I'm not quite to them yet. They said, well, Jeff is supposed to be on his way here, but I don't know why he's coming. He never talks very much. And then immediately I knew they were not talking about me. (laughs) I just thought you might enjoy that. But at first, I mean, I heard my name. You know, you walk out and you you don't know what's going on. And and then I hear Jeff and I look over and I'm like, what in the world? Well, he doesn't talk much. Wrong Jeff. Okay, understood. All right, Luke chapter number 15. Last week, uh, we looked at the effect in this matter of moving from victim to victor. And you can choose, you'd remember this, you can choose of the medicine of God or you can continue in the misery of grief. Uh, remember, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Uh, as we read last week. And when you have a happy heart, and that's a heart that's right with God, you'll have a pleasant attitude because of His plentiful assistance, perpetually anticipating His blessings, patiently abiding in His presence, pressing ahead with the right endurance. But too many make a pitiful assumption, which is what we're going to consider tonight in part 7 of our study, and we're going to look at the matter of the exchange. The exchange. So look with me, Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. And you'll uh, see as we go along, uh, we're going to read and then we'll 
uh, then I'll introduce our thought tonight, but you'll see the exchange that happens uh, here that we need to be careful uh, to avoid. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Notice, he divided unto them his living. Not not theirs, his. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. We'll leave off reading there uh, for the moment. But many people wrongly assume that happiness and fun are synonymous, that they are interchangeable. But the truth is they are not equal, and what you'll find is you will exchange one for the other. When you chase after fun, you'll forsake your happiness. And when you pursue happiness as the goal, as we've been looking at, you will find your fun in the garbage. But the world says that fun equals happiness and happiness equals fun, but this failure equals heartache. So I want us to consider a few things this evening by way of outline. Number one is this. As we consider this matter of the exchange, I want you to notice, first of all, the hurry to escape. The hurry to escape. Verse number 12, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Think with me now about this hurry to escape. The son, this son, the younger son, the prodigal son, the lost son, as we often say, because we'll see that at the end of uh, uh, Jesus' story here, where the father says, my son was lost. Uh, And so this younger son was willing to trade his delightful dwelling for his disillusioned desire. Now just think with me for a moment, and some of you are getting nervous, and let me help you. If you are uh, an adult living on your own, you're safe for the moment. For a moment, let me deal with the younger that are here tonight. Because this hurry to escape is true of most children, most kids, most young people today. This idea, I hate it at home. I can't wait to leave so I can be happy. I have to get out of this prison. And rather than staying to learn about life's responsibilities, there's a great desire to rebel and to leave the responsibilities behind. However, 
they fail to see the privileges that they have at the palace. And they don't see the pig pen that waits for them. Now think about it now. A desire to escape the rules, the routine, the responsibility, and the accountability with this thought, I just want to be free. Spread my wings and fly. Now, hey, and I've talked to my children about this. There is nothing wrong. It is healthy to have the desire to at some point leave the nest. Thank the Lord. It's healthy to have that. You ought not want, you know, to live in mom and dad's basement for the rest of your life. But don't be in such a hurry to escape. Nothing in this life is free. And flying isn't as easy as it looks. That's the children. Now, now let me just swing back and catch the rest of it. How often that it is that there's a situation in our life that we don't like, but it's right where God has placed us, and all of a sudden we're in a hurry to escape. I don't like it here. God is forcing me to do something I don't want to do. And if I could just get out from under this, life would be so much better. I'm not having any fun. I'm not very happy. Let me exchange for what I see over there. You know, there's often a very good reason that God's keeping you where He's keeping you. That God has you where He has you. I think in my own life, uh, years back, uh, I was working uh, at a job. In fact, it was the one that I uh, eventually left that job and came here. Uh, but about halfway in my, in my nine years there at that job, uh, about three and a half years in, four years in, I know that's not quite halfway, but that's estimate. Um, three and a half, four years in, uh, things just got really bad at work. Everybody was miserable. Everybody was complaining. There was just way too much work, and it didn't seem that we were making any progress. It didn't seem we could get any help, and all of the, and, and it just, it, it got, Dumber and dumber by the day. Nobody was doing anything in a logical, reasonable way. And I just, oh, I dreaded every morning that I got up that, oh, <sighs> off to jail I go again today. You know, and this job was miserable. And I decided, I said, well, you know what? I don't have to stay here. And so I put some resumes out, and it wasn't but a week or so, and uh, just, uh, you know, just up the road about 10 miles, there was a company that uh, contacted me back and said, hey, we want you to come in and interview for a position. I said, okay. And I had, of course, applied for it. It was exactly what I was doing. Sounded wonderful. I went in there, and I sat in the interview. And as I'm talking to the fellow who would uh, possibly... Uh, have been my boss, it became very obvious to me that jumping out of the frying pan was only going to land me in the fire. That if I thought where I was currently was miserable, if I went there, oh my. Can I, can I help us tonight? Oftentimes we're in such a hurry to escape we fail to see that often 
not only are there problems that are waiting for us, but we carry our problems with us to that new place. The grass, they say, is greener on the other side of the fence. You know, right on top of the septic tank. (laughs) The grass is greener. Be careful, be careful, you know, in this hurry to escape. This son, he, I mean, he had it made. He was living at the father's house. But, you know, he had, oh, he had chores. And he had, oh, he had to abide by the rules of the house. He was in a hurry to escape. But remember, nothing in life's free. Flying isn't as easy as it looks. Number two, I want us to look tonight at the height of excess. The height of excess. Why did he want to leave? Why did he want to take his journey into that far country? Verse 13 goes on, wasted his substance with riotous living. That is not righteous living. Riotous and righteous are at opposite ends of the spectrum. Verse 14 says, And when he had spent all, well, well, wait a minute. Remember, nothing in life's free. So great. You escaped. You're excited. Everything you hope to experience is at your fingertips. The truth is, what you wanted to run away and have is going to run out quicker than you would expect. The freedom to have fun that you were looking for doesn't free you from the new responsibilities that you will face. You know, the saying goes, we know the saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. However, even though that's true, all play and no work means Jack is a dumb boy. And that's exactly what this son was looking for. He left. He left the structure. He left the safety. He left everything he had, took uh, what was, he thought, coming to him, what he was entitled to. And he said, I can take, I can, uh, take care of my life better than the father can take care of my life. And off he goes. What he found out is the fun that he hoped to be free to experience got expensive fast. And the funds uh, seemed to fly away faster than he could get his fingers on them. Oh, but you know, just had to run away. But what do you do when the money runs out and the credit cards are maxed out? Number three. Oh, there was a hurry to escape and there was a height of excess. And that leads to number three, the hurt of emptiness. The hurt of emptiness. Verse 14, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. What you and I need to understand as we uh, come to the Word of God and see uh, this story from the Lord is that the so-called fun that the world chases as their ultimate goal will only cause hurt and sorrow. 
And so you're going to have to ask yourself, and I'm going to have to ask myself this question. Is the exciting experience worth the expense of emptiness? Because you're going to pay. He left having everything only to end up hungry. He left happiness at home and wound up horribly hurting. He left a place of provision to party until he was penniless. Where's the fun now? I'm here to tell you, you young people, you hear me, and you hear me well, and you adults listen too. The the difference is this. There are a lot of older folks in here. I didn't say old. I said older. Older folks in here that have the scars, that they bear the scars of what I'm about to say that you young people have not yet dealt with in your life. I have the scars too. You say, what scars? This right here. The fun will forsake you just as quickly as your so-called friends will. When you waste your substance, everybody says, see ya. All of a sudden, you're left there. You'll begin to be in want. Now, you want fun. Now, you want happiness. And you're filled with frustrating hollowness and festering hurt. What's next? You say, oh, it can only get better from here. Uh Uh-uh. That downward spiral continues on. Number four, the hopelessness of exclusion. The hopelessness of exclusion. Verse 15, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. As I was reading this passage that, you know, we all know this story, right? We we know it backwards and forwards, right? Well, it's amazing You can't dig deep enough to exhaust everything that's in the Word of God. And as I read those verses right there, the Lord hit me between the eyes with something that it's been there all along. And I'm certain somebody has mentioned it before. But it went... And I never saw it. This son walked away from home to hold hands with the world... And the world offered no help and left him to horribly waste away. Now that's what we know. But here comes the staggering thing. The son got a job slopping pigs. We know that. He wanted to eat what they were eating. We know that. Wait a minute. He got a job slopping pigs. When you get a job, every so often you get what? You get paid. He got a job slopping pigs. Now here it comes. 
the pay wasn't enough for him to even afford the worst of slop for himself. Surely he was being compensated for his labor, but it wasn't enough to cover his living. See, once you take out taxes and insurance and rent and utilities and car payments and medical bills and cell phone bills and TV and internet bills and credit card payments, you know, for all the fun that you were having back there and all those other incidental bills for past purchases, what's left to buy groceries? Exactly what was left in his bank account. A big, fat nothing. Can I remind you this evening? Don't go in debt chasing after fun. You know why? Bill collectors don't care if you eat. No man gave unto him. All that guy cared about was that this son showed up and did his job. He didn't care if he was starving to death. He didn't care if he had a place to stay. There was a job that needed to be done. And if he was going to get paid for that job, he had to do that job. Even though he didn't have enough to eat. We live in a day, I found this staggering. The latest statistics say that the average American, average American, has 40 open credit accounts. Everybody everybody is going on about the national debt, which is staggering. I, I can't even... Brother Cusick knows how much money that is. He's, he's handled that. I, I, you know, trillions with a T. I, I mean, millions with an M is big for me. Billions with a B, well, that's even bigger. But trillions with a T, you know, how could we ever pay that? You know, and they come out and they say, well, it's going to cost everybody this. You know, every American would have to pay this X amount of dollars to wipe out the debt. The problem is, is your average American's already carrying 80 plus thousand dollars in debt. Now wait, wait. You can have a house payment. That's something that you'll show for. That, that, that continues giving. You know, and, and you can have other payments. But there are people, and I watch this happen all the time, there are people just because of where they are financially and what they've done financially, they're in the grocery store putting groceries on their credit card and they're paying interest on what they eat. You can't do that forever. That's going to catch up. Boy, we sure do. I mean, we live in a day, and, and don't please don't come up to me after and say, "Well, preacher, you're a hypocrite." No, I'm, I'm not. I, I got credit cards. I, I understand what they are. In fact, I used one on Monday when they said, "Hey, you want to pay now?" <laughs> no, I really don't. You know, but hey, you get a twenty percent discount if you pay ahead of time. <laughs> do I get my money back if it doesn't work? <laughs> <You know? laughs> These things are amazingly convenient. 
I mean, this one right here, you, you don't even, you don't have to insert it. You don't have to swipe it. All you got to do is walk by the thing and just hold it close and it goes beep. And then my watch goes and it tells me how much money that I owe them. These things right here get more people in trouble. Now, now I, I stand here before you tonight and I tell you this from experience. From personal experience, these things are so easy to use. And my goodness, they will get you in trouble. All to chase after fun. You know, I was, uh, I, I, I may have told some, I know I've told some of you this, but uh, a couple of months ago, my daughter and son, of course, they both work at the same place and they had the opportunity uh, to get some tickets to the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game uh, down there uh, in, in Pittsburgh. And I said, ooh, that's great. I, I love hockey. They got hockey tickets, and off we went. <clears throat> and we're sitting there, and the tickets didn't cost us anything. And we found out while we were there that uh, uh, the company pays like half a million dollars a year for advertising with them, uh, with the team, and that's how they get, you know, this handful of tickets. And... Uh, uh, so we're sitting there, and I just got curious. And so I open up Ticketmaster, and I start looking. And the seats we were sitting in, let me tell you, you all are much closer to me right now than I was to the ice at that hockey game. And those tickets were like $150 a piece. A piece. Now, before I knew that, I was like, well, this would be fun to come and do every now and again. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have a family of four and a half because, you know, Victoria wanted to go too. She's waving back there at me. And I go to Pittsburgh and you got to drive and you got to park and, and $600 worth of tickets. No, wait a minute. 150 times $750 worth of tickets. And uh, $12 for a soda pop and $15 for, for some popcorn and 20-something bucks for some nachos. And, uh, and before you know it, you've spent $1,000 on three hours. Well, five, including travel. And yet people do it day after day after day. All because they don't want to be left out of the fun. And here comes the hopelessness of exclusion. Number five. Notice, no man gave unto him. He, he, he's, he's on his own. He's by himself. Left to eat scraps. Number five. Are y'all about depressed with this story yet? <laughs> Number five. The honest examination. The honest examination. Verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, how many Hired servants. What, what, wait a minute. What, what was he? He was a hired servant at this point. 
He was slopping pigs. He was starving to death. When he came to himself, you know what that means? His stomach growled and he's like, I can't do this anymore. What have I got myself into? How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. All this hurt and all this hunger to teach him some lessons. They were helpful lessons, but here's the reality. The son chose to learn them the hard way. Here comes the lessons. Let me give you, let me give you a handful of them here. Number one is this. So number five, number one. Here's the lesson. There's more to life than fun. And temporary fun doesn't provide lasting happiness, but wisdom does. There's more to life than fun. And temporary fun doesn't provide lasting happiness, but wisdom does. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. The Bible says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 18. She, speaking of wisdom, is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. So there's more to life than fun. You want lasting happiness, you better get some wisdom. Number two, now I, I know the crowd, I'm looking at you folks in here tonight and thank God for, for these that are of the generation that wasn't scared to work. Amen. Number two, work is not a horrible punishment. It's a helpful privilege. Work isn't a horrible punishment, but a helpful privilege. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 16. Let me stop there for a minute. Work isn't a horrible punishment. It's a helpful privilege. Have you ever gone in, uh, gone in, maybe you gone in to get a donut or gone in to get a sandwich or, um, maybe you, you know, went in to get your lawnmower fixed or your car repaired and you walked in and the person on the other side of the counter, maybe you were just at the department store. I, I don't know whatever the case may be, but you were out and you were about to spend money in some establishment and the person that's working there on the other side of the counter looked like that you just stabbed them in the neck. You're offending them by being there. How dare you interrupt my day and make me do something? Hey, it's called a job. It's called a job. You get paid for that. And here's the other thing, and this one always just blows my mind. If everybody stops coming in and offending you, there won't be any money to pay for your job. You kind of need people to be there. Work isn't a horrible punishment, but a helpful privilege. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some, uh, you know, hard to deal with people. Let me say it that way nicely. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 16. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. You hear that? The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked to sin. 
Number three, happiness is a byproduct of living within your means and having money left over. Not scraping by paycheck to paycheck. Now, I'm not beating anybody up tonight. Please understand that. But you know as well as I know, if you're here tonight and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you understand life isn't very happy. I know, I, I, I've been there. I, I've lived in the living living next paycheck to the one after that one. Yeah, you know, uh, what, what's the saying my dad always used to say? Rob Peter to pay Paul. Happiness is a byproduct of living within your means and having money left over. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? They had bread left over. Psalm 128, verse 2. Psalm 128, verse 2. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be. And it shall be well with thee. Well, wait, wait a minute. Thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Oh, wait a minute. Works a privilege. Happiness comes as a byproduct of living within your means. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 9. Proverbs 18 and verse 9. He also that is slothful in his work... Now, don't name names, but I know you know people like that. I hope it's not you. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Boy, that's a, just a mouthful and a half, isn't it? You, you want to be lazy? You're not going to have anything to show for it. You're just going to ruin your life. Number four. All those lead to this one. He wasn't as unhappy at the father's house as he imagined he was. Working at home was better than wasting away in the hog pen. You, you see that? He saw it and the father's house was so much better. He, forget being a son. He, he said he'd go back and be a servant. He said he wasn't worthy to be called a son anymore. He said, I, I'll just go back and, and be a servant there. It's better for me to do that than to sit here in this hog pen. When he realized that, that's when he came to himself. Psalm 84 and verse 10. Well, this really brings this verse right around to us when we look at this story. Psalm 84, verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Like I said last Sunday evening, his hunger led him to look to the pig's husks. But when he was starving... He looks back to the Father's plentiful house. That brings us to number six. Number six is this, the happy ending. The happy ending. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before Thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy 
hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and sat there on the porch until the sun drug him. Uh uh. Had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said what he said he was going to say. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But notice that's where the father cut him off. He never got to say, make me as one of thy hired servants. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat, watch now, and be merry. There's your happiness. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. We like that, right? Once upon a time, we like the happy endings of those stories. Can I help you tonight? God is certainly a merciful God. Thank Him for that. And He's a forgiving God. And He's a long-suffering God. But He is also a holy and a just God. You might sit here and say, Well, you know what? I'm just going to live like that, son. And then when everything gets too hard, I'm just going to jump up and run back to the Father's house. It may not work that way for you. I'm thankful that God was merciful in my life and it was able to, but I don't want to do that again. Not like that son did. I think I'll just stay in the Father's house. I think I'll just live under His protection with His provision and have His peace. And I'll tell you what, I'll just be merry. I'll be happy at the Father's house. Why? Because it's not a punishment. It's there for my protection. It's there for my learning. It's there for my help. I close with this tonight. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter where you've been in life. Don't exchange the true happiness of the Father for a handful of temporary fun. Psalm 144 in verse 15, the Bible says, Happy is that people that in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. You choose to stick faithfully close to the Father instead of foolishly chasing fun and friends that I promise will forsake you. Let's pray this evening.